I, I will never be able to fully comprehend what happened that night. But what I can tell you is that I have never felt so much love and so much grace like I did in that moment. This is the unseen story, firsthand accounts that reveal the supernatural reality of God's love. When his love leads, a remarkable story follows. You're listening to part one of Alexis's story, Light in the Darkness. The Unseen Story is a nonprofit that relies on financial support from listeners like you. Please visit our website, theunseenstory.org, to find out how you can partner with us today. Why does it get weird when a microphone's in your face? Anyways. (laughs) But, um... Yeah, I grew up in church. Um, we went every Sunday. I would go Wednesday nights. Um, I would I would go to every every like church retreat that was offered to me um, in my youth and stuff. Um, but I was not going for Jesus. I was going to be social. I was a really social person, and a lot of my friends went to church. Like I was never taught to have a relationship with God. It was it was just. It was just, you go to church, and you'll get saved, and that's kind of what I thought, like, I got my free ticket into heaven, um, but no, I never I never knew that I had full accessibility to Jesus. I had no idea. Um, I was never taught about spiritual warfare. I was never taught um, that Jesus' name is all-powerful. I, I was just never taught that stuff. When I was a freshman in high school, I started dating an 18-year-old which um, is bad news right off the bat. And um, it was it was a really abusive relationship, and he forced me into doing things that I had never done before and things that I knew weren't right because of what I learned growing up in church. So after that happened, I just thought, oh, well, I'm worthless. Like, I'm a bad person. I, I can't believe that I did those things now. And so I started heavily I started heavily drinking and using drugs and self-harming at 15 because I didn't know how to deal with it. I didn't really tell anybody. And then um, throughout the four years of high school, I was raped by five different guys. So with, with each one that happened, my drug and alcohol use got um, way worse. And it was just how I coped with it. That's just how I dealt with it. I didn't really want to talk about it or tell anyone, so I just kept suppressing the emotion and kept just using drugs and alcohol and self-harming. After the last one happened, I was a senior in high school. I was 18, and it happened on a Friday, and then on the following Monday, I went to school, and I had a teacher who I didn't know she was Christian, and she could read people like a book, and I walked into her class, and she just looked at me, and she's like, Alexis, what's wrong? And I just lost it, and I started just crying. And with her encouragement, I ended up going to the authorities. And um, it wasn't until a year later that I actually went to court. Um, So I had been continually suppressing this this whole time. And then I went to court, and I had to face one of the men who raped me. And um, that that was a really hard day. But I'm really glad I did it. Um, he went He went to jail. But it was like as soon as I left the courtroom, I could not ignore all this stuff that I had been pushing down for so long. And I didn't, I didn't really know what was going on. I didn't really know about PTSD or anything like that. So 
I thought, man, I, I don't want to go to sleep anymore because every time I go to sleep, I have to relive what happened. So I thought, oh, I'll just keep myself up. That sounds like a great idea. I'll keep myself up and then I don't have to experience this. So I kept myself up for several weeks and uh, I went absolutely insane, obviously. And I started going into my kitchen and I started like gathering knives and I like had a stash of knives in my room and I started writing suicide notes. I was going to stab myself. It sounded like a really good idea at the time. And my mom came in and she found the stash of knives and she was like, you need help. So um, in 2014, I was 19 and I went into my first psych ward. From 2014 to 2018, I was in over 20 psych wards. And they diagnosed me with um, like schizophrenia, bipolar 1, borderline personality disorder, um, generalized anxiety, PTSD, OCD, intrusive thoughts. I mean, there is, the, li the list just goes on and on. That four years of my life was just hell. It was awful. And um, I really just thought I was crazy because that's what I was told. Um, they put me on social security disability because they told me I would never work again or be able to function. I was really lost and really hopeless. Um, the doctors had me on at least 10 psych meds at a time throughout this whole like four years. And um, they would try so many different combinations, but it was like nothing worked. I was in partial hospitalization programs, which is kind of like school. You go to the hospital like six hours a day. You come home, you go back, and you do that for months. And then in inpatient, and then throughout that time, I was in rehabs. And it was just, I was living in institutions. And during this time, I had more fear than than I ever knew was possible. Um I, I would see demons all the time. I, now, I just thought I was hallucinating. That's it. I would see at least three demons in a room at a time. I would hear demonic voices talking to me from the time I woke up to the time I went to sleep. And they were telling me to do awful things. They'd tell me, you know, to kill myself or to hurt myself. They'd tell me to kill others. They'd tell me to hurt others. Um, it, it would just, it was like, it was like a record on replay constantly. I started having what the medical field calls dissociative episodes, which it really only started happening in the last two years. And what it is is you you black out for long periods of time. Like, it can be days. And you, like, I would have no recollection of what I, what I was doing, but I look like I'm a functioning human being. Like, as my family's watching or people, it looks normal. But to me, I, would, I wouldn't even know what I was doing in those moments. And um, every time I would go into one of those, I'd try to kill myself. It was, it was something taking over and trying to kill me. One of the worst things that happened was um, I was blacked out in one of these episodes. And I don't know, I, I was always mad. And I got really enraged like that day. And it was like I just completely blacked out and I went to my room and I grabbed a razor blade I always had them stashed and I just started cutting my arm like within seconds I think I made like 40 cuts and I came to and I was in a pool of blood and I was like I was like help help and that is so like that's so weird for me because I would always cut but it was very secretive I just started screaming because I didn't know what happened and my sister who's five years younger than me opens the door and she finds me and she just like, she just starts crying out like, 
Alexis, why would you do this? Why would you do this? She was like, no. And then she like, she went and she threw up. She couldn't even stand to look at it. And then my dad and my mom came in and I mean, just freaking out, like horrified. And I remember my mom, cause they didn't understand what was going on. My mom's like, are, are you just doing this for attention? And they couldn't understand. Like I had no idea what I was doing. Like I had no idea. And so I just, like, I remember I'd be in all these places and the doctors and the therapists, they'd talk about self-control. And I'd be like, what is that? What is self-control? I was like, I don't have that. I used to have it. I have no idea what that is. Like, please, somebody help me. Like, because when I get mad, I do things. I have no idea what I'm doing. Like, I black out. I'm like, I don't, I don't know what that is. What is self-control? Like, I want it, but I don't have it. My life and my family's life was just complete hell. Like, there were just so many things that occurred during that time. So many weird events that took place. Um, and I never even thought for one moment that it was the devil, that it was Satan. Because the medical field, like, just <laughs> kept telling me I was crazy. I remember, like, always trying to explain to the therapist and the doctors what were going what was going on but it was like I couldn't get someone to understand I couldn't get them to understand how bad it was um and I just felt so hopeless and so helpless and just I was so tired and I am just at one of my lowest points and my parents are begging me to go out with friends because I had always been this really social person like I was most talkative and like class clown in high school so um they're like, please go out with friends. Like, you need to go out. You need to go out. You need to do something. So I went out with friends, and it's just a bunch of people hanging out. And I'm sitting alone in a chair in the corner, just, like, cowering over. And I couldn't say one word. It, and I, I was like, oh, my gosh. I am a shell of the person I once was. I am a stranger to myself. I have no idea who I am. And I went home. And I went right down into my basement and just start crying. And my mom follows me down and she's like, what's going on? And I said, mom, I am so tired. I was like, I am at war with myself every single day. I was like, you don't understand. I'm so tired. I was like, I can't do this anymore. I said, mom, I love you, but I'm so sorry. I'm preparing you right now that I'm going to kill myself. And it's going to be very soon. I was like, I'm so sorry, but it's happening. And my mom said the peace of God fell on her in that moment. And it was like he told her she's not going to kill herself. But my mom couldn't show me that emotion in that moment because of how bad I was. So she just held me. Like a week after that, it was September 14th, 2018. My mom comes into my room in the morning when I'm getting ready to go to the hospital for my program. And she's like, She's like, hey, Alexis, you're going to go to a church conference with me tonight and just bolts out because she knows I would have argued that and been like, oh, heck no, I'm not going there. Um, so she just like left. And I had no choice because I had such bad anxiety. I couldn't even drive a car like I hadn't been driving for months. So my dad was taking me to the hospital. So I had really no way out. So my dad dropped me off at the hospital that day and I'm sitting in group therapy like always. And I'm just going off. My mom wants me to go to this stupid church conference tonight. She thinks I'm going to get, like, healed or something. Why can't they just accept that I'm mentally ill? Like, and I'm just, I mean, I'm mocking God. I'm mocking my mom. I'm like, this is crap. Well, I don't really have a choice. You know, my dad's going to drop me off there. And I'm like, I'm just going to go to make my mom happy. Whatever. 
And I see my psychiatrist that day who I've seen for years. And I go into his office and I sit down with him like always. And he's like, how are you doing? I'm like, oh, I'm doing terrible. And he just looks at me and he says, I can't help you anymore. I was like, what do you mean you can't help me? That's your job. And he's like, I can't help you. We've tried everything with you. We've tried like every combination. Um, you've been in so many, so many hospitals, so many programs. He's like, I don't know how to help you. You are more miserable than the last time, every time I see you. And so I'm like, my, my hope in doctors and medicine is completely squished at that moment. And I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to do. So my dad picks me up then and drops me off at this church. He drops me off and I walk into the church to meet my mom. And as soon as I step foot into that church, I feel so sick. And I was like, mom, I need to get the heck out of here. Like, I don't want to be here. I feel so sick. Get me out. And she was like, oh no, you're not leaving. I am so miserable. I'm so depressed. I don't like people at this point. I'm like, I don't want to be here. This is the last place for me to be. So I'm standing by a trash can with my arms crossed in the lobby. And I'm just thinking to myself, you know, these meds aren't working. These doctors don't want to help me. They can't help me. And I said, God, if you're real, you need to show up and you need to show up in a big way. And if you don't, I'm killing myself when I get home tonight. And the conference had already been going on. Like every seat was taken. We were going to have to go to the overflow room. And all of a sudden, these two women stand up and they're like, hey, do you guys want our seats? So we, we take these seats and um, my mom's just talking to me and she's, she's annoying me. I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't want to be around her. So I said, mom, I'm going to go up for worship. I wasn't intending on worshiping, but I was like, I need to get away from her. And my mom goes, Alexis, please ask someone for prayer. Please just go get prayer. And I was like, yeah, whatever, like if you're lucky. So I go up to worship, and, you know, it's, like, packed, bunch of people, and everyone's got their hand raised, you know, Jesus, yeah. And I'm, like, in the midst of this crowd with my arms crossed, my head hung low, and I'm just crying, and I'm, I'm planning my suicide for when I get home. I'm like, this is it. This is the end. I'm done. Um, and then I realized, I'm like, man, worship's going to end in like 15 minutes. If I don't ask someone for prayer, my mom's going to bring me up here herself, cause a huge scene. Like I was like, nobody wants that. At least if I ask someone, I can tell her, so she'll leave me alone. And the front row is like roped off and there's security guards. I have no idea how I got in there, but I did. They looked important and I was like, oh, I'll ask them for prayer. Like, yeah, that's a good idea. I didn't give a rip who they were. I didn't care who they were. <laughs> so I like go into, I go into this um, row and I tap, I tap the head pastor of the church on the shoulder. He's like at the very end. And I was like, Hey, I said, you don't know me. My name's Alexis. My mom wants me to get prayer. And he goes down three chairs where Todd is sitting. And he's like, I, I didn't know this at the time, but he looks at him and he goes, dude, Todd, you gotta pray for this girl. So it's like dark, worship's going on, There's, we're in this small aisle, and they just wave me down. And so I go down in front of Todd, and he grabs my hands, and I'm really close to him, and my head's still down, you know, I'm crying, I'm a mess, and he just goes, I need you to look at me right in my eyes. So I lift my head up and make eye contact with him, and then all of a sudden I felt something like in me almost start shaking. It was like an earthquake started happening. And then he just says two words very gently, and he just says, get out. Thank you for listening. Be sure to come back Friday for the rest of the story. We know that some of what you've heard may be challenging for you. We encourage you to ask Holy Spirit what he wants to say to you through this story. 
we invite you to partner with us through your God-given resources of time, prayer, and finances. Without your sharing, these stories don't spread to those who need them. Without your prayers, we are limited in what we can do for the kingdom. Without your finances, these powerful stories of God's supernatural love go untold. God has called us to share his stories, and we invite you to be a part of that mission. For more information, be sure to check out our website at theunseenstory.org.